0: This is The Lonely Office, your playbook for navigating the messy line between work and life. Our topics are sourced from real anonymous workplace conversations happening within Glassdoor communities. From AI taking white-collar jobs to talking politics at work, we discuss timely work-life issues so you don't have to brave the professional world alone.
1: Hey, Matt, I got a story for you. Another one? (laughs) Are you not excited? Diana, she's an HR manager, and she's considering faking a COVID test. She can't stop thinking about what happened. Diana's meeting with this new female employee who just started in the accounting department, and the employee is inquiring about maternity leave because she's a little over three months pregnant. So Diana syncs up with the employee's boss about the logistics of the situation, and the boss becomes livid. He claims. That this new employee lied to the company by not disclosing she was pregnant during the interview process. Uh When all of a sudden, the boss blurts out that he wouldn't have hired the new employee if he had known she was expecting. And he says it loud enough so that the employee in question and the rest of the department overhears the whole thing. So here we are, Sunday night, Diana sitting at the edge of her bed twiddling her thumbs, sweating, preparing for the litigation that is sure to come. And she's contemplating (laughs) faking a COVID test. Would you trade places with Diana?
0: Man, yeah, I have a lot to share. We kind of went through similar situations with my wife. But before we get going, we should probably introduce our guest, Leah Ova. Thank you for coming and joining us again.
2: No, thanks for having me.
0: Check out her Instagram and TikTok amazingly insightful and perceptive working mother's opinions and insights and comedy.
2: Believe it or not, I'm even more active on TikTok. It's horrifying how often I post on TikTok.
1: (laughs) So First, I want to hear your reaction just to this because there's more story to come, by the way, because there's comments from this story. We found it on Fishbowl. I also want to dive into after that is trying to be a little bit three-dimensional here and try as best as we can to see the different perspectives that are happening here from the employee situation, the new employee, right? The HR situation, Diana, what the hell she's going through. And then as best we can try to put ourselves in the shoes of this boss who's clearly just had a moment. So initial reactions.
2: I'll relate most with the woman who's pregnant because this is actually something that has happened to me. I interviewed for a role and was offered a job and then realized, found out really early in my pregnancy. So I was probably like four or five weeks pregnant that I was pregnant. And so I talked with my husband a bunch about it and not to get into too much of my own personal business, which is all I do on the internet. But I had had a miscarriage like a few months before. So I would lost a baby, had an ectopic pregnancy. The doctor said, you're more likely to have miscarriages now in the future. So I was like, if I disclose that I'm pregnant or if I just decide not to take this job, which I'm really excited about and really kind of at the end with my current job. And then in a week, I have another miscarriage. I'm, I'm going to feel upset about that. I'm going to feel really disappointed. So I didn't say anything, started my new job, got to 12 weeks and then had to tell my boss that I was pregnant, which I was terrified to do. I mean, it was, it was very stressful. He was really, really nice about it. Frankly, he was like, Oh, when's your due date? Okay. The website's supposed to go live before then just get this website out. And like, I don't really, what you do afterward, but I'm sure there was a lot of chatter around the office. I know, as someone who loves office gossip, if it hadn't been me, I absolutely would have been like, Can you believe she must have started this job?
1: I love that pregnant, you did that, right?
2: <laughs> like, you, I mean, and then later on, I remember the company did hire someone who was probably five or six months pregnant, and I remember thinking, That's awesome because she's coming in, she's it's a strategy role, she's doing a great job. And then, you know, you get your maternity leave. But how many times have we hired someone who's not pregnant and then they F off in like six months or 12 months or whatever it is.
0: It's not like it
2: doesn't happen in an at will employment state.
0: So so much to unpack on this issue. It would be helpful for maybe our listeners to understand maybe the just like the legal dimension for a second. What's the rule of the land on some of this stuff?
1: There is some precedence here that you could walk us through, or at least some facts that would help contextualize in a meaningful way what we're going to get into here in a few minutes.
0: So maybe just to kind of dip our toe in that water and to get started, there was that Lyndon B. Johnson movie, I forget what the actor was, and covers the whole process of the iconic landmark Civil Rights Legislation Act and how it was passed. And so what I think most of people in our audience listener may not realize is most of the anti-workplace discrimination laws that we have in this land on a federal level emanate from that act. So this is back in 1964, of course, we're all familiar with MLK, but Title Seven of that act specifically went beyond and kind of prohibited employment discrimination against a person on the basis of race, color, religion, or sex, right? And I think if you're an HR professional, they're almost all well-versed on this Title VII. It's like they know it verbatim, And they understand its implications. And I would imagine this HR manager who we're talking about probably understood. Yeah,
1: Diana knew it.
0: Yeah, 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 Diana knew it, right? What's interesting is it didn't end at Title VII. So post-Title VII, there was a whole slew of both Supreme Court rulings, other acts that then extended the prohibition of discrimination for employment to like age, 40 years or more, explicitly prohibiting discrimination based on ageism. There's a Supreme Court ruling in 2020 really recently that just explicitly recognized that this also applies to gay and transgender workers as well. So essentially based on your sexual orientation or gender identity. So it started with this Title VII Civil Rights Act, but in many ways, a lot of folks piggybacked off of the uh, black workers in this case, you know, and their rights and with the pending legislation that came out of that. So that's kind of the starting point here is that there is rule of the land federally, that employers cannot discriminate on any of those, including pregnancy. And pregnancy was one of these other acts that got passed and amended Title Seven. So that's the facts. The thing is, what federal law does not prohibit is employers from asking you whether you are or intend to become pregnant. So it's one thing really? asking them. It's another thing, are you using that information against them?
1: Is that at any point or like in the interview process as well? Does that cover? It's
2: definitely been on a list of, you know how HR will give you, or maybe you guys don't know, HR will give you a list of like, don't say any of these things when you're interviewing someone. Might just be me. Might just be because I have a big mouth, but they're like, don't ask about, you know, Where they live, whether this, whatever. I I just assumed pregnancy was one of those things I was not supposed to mention.
0: Well, you're not supposed to, but you legally can. The reason why HR and and law departments say that is they don't want any precondition for lawsuits. Meaning, like if you ask that question, even if you plausibly did not use it to inform the decision of the hire, you may have and it make it easier to bring a lawsuit. So as a matter of operations companies responsible companies i think will always adopt a policy like yeah do not ask
1: cuz we don't even want to <laughs> be in a situation where we be be held accountable well clearly the boss didn't know that the boss that bl- not only didn't did know not. but didn't care <laughs> didn't give a didn't
2: shit, shit. Care. He didn't, he didn't care a shit.
1: diana knows this she's witnessing this and then there's a the human level as well I want to jump right into the mind of the boss only because it's the juiciest. It's like, what could you possibly be thinking? I understand thinking about the company and all that kind of stuff. But, like, to actually allow that to to turn into something where you're blurting that out and making fe- someone feel bad, if you look at this post, which the story is based on, he actually admits that he wouldn't have hired her if he knew she was pregnant. So and he says that out loud for everybody departmentally.
2: In my experience, the type of people that have outbursts like that in the middle of a crowded office environment are loose cannons. They're going to have outbursts about everything.
0: (laughs) What's interesting, Leah, is both in the example you shared, where probably felt unfair to you that you had to have anxiety about whether deciding to disclose or not, right? Like similarly, Aaron, I was telling you, my wife and I went through something similar with both pregnancies where it just happened to align where she was interviewing for new jobs. And in both cases, we actually elected to disclose. In the second case, when we disclosed, though, she disclosed to HR, but not to the hiring manager, because there was no precedent for it. You know, fast forward six, seven months, the hiring manager was surprised, like, oh, I didn't realize you're pregnant. She's like, but I told HR. And like, oh, yeah, but HR is never going to tell us that stuff for legal reasons.
2: Was she working remotely? Could they just not see that she was pregnant?
0: My, my wife just doesn't really show like till late in the game. And so here we are actually like wrestling with this decision, whether to disclose or not. I don't think we were accountable to the company. I think she felt sorry or accountable to the manager because that manager not knowing now has to pick up that work. And I think that's the human component probably that most people who wrestle with the decision to disclose or not do is like, yeah, I don't really care about the company. Who's the person who's going to pick up for my slack? And and I'm going to have to work with this person and they might hold it against me.
1: Can we start with the the perspective of the employee real quick? Because I want to go through all these layers, but just meaning the employee who's starting in accounting. Leah, could you help educate me here? Like you said, the magic number is three months. I have one kid, I have two bonus kids, so three total kids. But I don't know as a male, I never know these things. Clearly, I don't know a lot of things. Um, on a weekly basis, Matt's teaching me things um and clearly with facts and figures <laughs> and laws. But what I'm saying is, is is there a magic number? Like, could there be a situation where this employee is interviewing? And doesn't know. Also, as a couple, we've been through experiences where there was, you know, a miscarriage or something unexpected yeah. happens before three months. You kind of are cautious, right? So this employee could be in a situation where she's not necessarily like trying to like get one over, but it's also like ah, you're not ready to share that legally. Unle-, you know, being responsible, right. for whatever reason. Am I right?
2: And some people are really protective about that information in the first three months. And I was also thinking, we have no idea what the vetting process and the hiring process and the lead times were for this woman to be hired. She may not have been pregnant or known she was pregnant right before she started and had already quit her old job and started this job. I also feel like a lot of people, especially if it's not something you've dealt with, don't think about the element of miscarriage. We're telling someone, you know, if I had disclosed at like five or six weeks and they'd said it was okay and then I'd started and then i had had a miscarriage, and then I have to tell all these people that I don't really know, actually, I'm not pregnant anymore. It just would have been, I don't know, it would have been really uncomfortable.
0: It's like you're going through all these maneuvers for no reason.
2: It's unfair, I think, to expect someone in the first... I mean, they tell you up until 12 weeks, and that's when you're really... You can feel a bit more secure in the pregnancy, though.
0: Just to piggyback one point off of that, too, it makes me think that in a scenario where you're getting hired for a job remotely... You could be feasibly month eight. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's all <laughs> yeah. above it's all above the fold. Right. And so I, I think the dynamics here with these companies, I know, for example, our last geez, like 15 hires, they were all remote, right? And yeah. we would never know, um, uh, nor would we ask for obvious legal and possibly moral reasons, but we would never know.
2: I have a friend who had been struggling to get pregnant and was got pregnant during COVID and decided she would just see how long she waited until kind of the last month to tell them she was, to just sort of like stand up during a meeting and surprise them just (laughs) because it was funny.
1: Let's paint a scenario about if you're like any person desperate for a job, maybe some, your husband just left you, or maybe you just left your husband, maybe someone died, or maybe something happened in your life, right? That's catastrophic. That puts you, you know, I broke
0: up with a girlfriend. You have to disclose that because your state of mind is going to be
1: no, like, in all seriousness, no, that,
0: th- yeah. that's probably what we're getting at, right?
1: No, yeah, and it's like, there, there's something here that, like, you know, my mom was a, a single mom, and, and, and I know how hard it was for her logistically to just you know, take care of us, get the thing. There is a fear, right, that if you say that in the interview, there's this overwhelming fear that you could be discriminated against or not hired.
2: At the job that I was leaving when I took this job, the head of the company had said at one point when we were all like hanging out, you know, at 5 p.m. that day or whatever. She was like, part of the reason, I can't believe she said this, that I hired Leia. She already has two kids, so I know she's not gonna want any more. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. And oh I didn't say goodness. anything, but I was like, oh, Jeez. like we we are kind of thinking about having a third child. And now I know she hired me under the assumption that I wouldn't right want another child which didn't make me feel particularly loyal
0: there are totally code words in interviews so this oh man it's coming back now so when my wife was interviewing again during I was pregnant she would get questions like what do you like to do for fun and if you're a parent you know the thing you're about to say is like fun what are you smoking right like I'm just like yeah. I'm taking my kids picking them up I recall the time my wife had that same instinct, Leah, where it's like, I don't want this information to be used against me, particularly because I'm a really good mother and she's yeah, is a great mother and I, I can balance and she can, but like the employer doesn't know at that point. So she'd go out of her way not to mention, you know, the kids, right? Yeah. In this case, the kid that we had, you know, like love to travel, okay. Single, single person activity, like non-kid activity, you know, Pilates. Yeah. And it occurred to us that like, yeah, there are totally like these code questions and code words that with your HR or the hiring manager can ask to effectively understand whether you have kids or you're pregnant or you're trying to get pregnant without asking it.
2: Yeah, I think I, well, and I'm, I'm probably biased, but I also feel like it's a double standard. I remember my parents talking about this. My dad was a teacher and my mom was going for principal jobs. So she was more senior, but talking about the fact that if he talks about how much he loves his kids, And being a father, and, you know, he's a public school teacher, so maybe it's a different industry, but people love that. People thought that was great, and that was, they would probably more likely to hire him, whereas my mom would make an effort not to talk about how she had kids because no one wants you leaving during the day to pick up a sick kid or distracted. And now that I think about it, I'm sure Sure. there were questions about like, oh man, you must be really overwhelmed with two kids to kind of suss out if I wanted more kids. And me being like, yeah, we are. I I might've even said we're done because you know how it is. It kind of goes in phases.
0: (laughs) I recall the duration of like the first startup I, I was creating, my co-founder probably broke up with his, you know, different girlfriends at different stages like three or four times. And it was an absolute disaster. Every time yeah. he would break up with a girlfriend, like we have no productivity for like two months. <laughs> it was a rack. We talk about, you know, co-founders of spouses. I like, you just need to keep me really in tune of your dating situation. Not that I really care, but like it deeply impacts our work, right?
1: So there's some (laughs) scrutiny there. There's some scrutiny there. Yeah,
0: there's some scrutiny there. Just to go back to the double standard though, I do think there's something about this responsible father. And if you were coming to interview your father of two or three kids, the assumption by the employer is you're stable. But for the woman, the assumption is you're unavailable. Mm. And it's undeniable. By the way, Allison Felix, Nike got... I killed her contract, eliminated her contract really? because she became pregnant. And the presumption was she could no longer perform as an elite athlete.
1: Matt doing the research and hosting simultaneously. I got to be By the, the P&A about- and the host at the same time.
2: It's not, obviously, it's not the same thing, but it does sound like in this fishbowl story, there's some assumption that not only are we going to lose this woman when she goes to have birth, but also that you're not going to do as good a job while you're pregnant, which. I feel like a lot of people that I've worked with who have been pregnant feel like they need to go like you'll say, oh, let me run that upstairs to finance for you because like you don't need to be going up and down in your state. And they will kind of react negatively towards that like, I can do anything even if I'm pregnant, I think because you feel that you need to prove yourself.
0: What other handicaps or events or situations Socially, do you feel compelled to disclose in a hiring situation?
2: Would you ask if someone's bipolar or suffers from depression or...
0: Narcoleptic? I had an employee, obviously didn't time, and apparently it was a narcoleptic. And it was like, it was a real challenge. It's a serious condition, but it's also difficult. It's a hard situation to be in. Yeah. And I wasn't equipped for it. But like, where do you stop, right? Like, what becomes disclosed or not? You know, another stigma is age. I know the tech industry... If you're trying to be hired for some product or engineering position, let's say it's an individual contributor position, we're expected to code and you're like 45 or 50, they're totally gonna <laughs> use that against you. Where does it stop? Like where does the, the need to disclose or expectations to disclose stop or or begin?
1: In the story, Diana is the HR manager who's witnessing all this. She references a unnamed female employee. Who is who is three months pregnant and is in the situation where Diana is witnessing the new employee's boss lose his mind and then say he would never hire her and voices all this in front of everybody. So we've we've kind of we've looked at it from the employee's perspective, trying to suss out especially the female perspective. Leah, thank you for that. But then also now, if we can attempt to try to humanize or at least understand this perspective of the boss who's losing his mind. Like, so I'm not going to turn to you, Matt, to say, can you, can you voice this? But let's look at it. <laughs> look, Let's just look at it from a practical standpoint. Even though the situation is unfair in nature, it's still, you're trying to run a business. I think if the
0: manager's guilty of anything, aside from just like kind of being unsensitive, inhumane, and, you know, some other stuff. He's an asshole. <laughs> but if, if guilty of anything is just like, as a manager, you're, you're supposed to anticipate and just You manage, right? Like you have an understanding of the risks of the business, including, you know, hiring an employee who may be pregnant, but then have to take PTO off because she wants to see your pregnancy through. And so you should be managing around that. And so what comes to my mind is like, if you're a small company, you don't have the rainy day fund that maybe this company or Google has. You're very cognizant of every penny spent. And you're also very cognizant of like every new hire you bring, the productivity, they're going to bring to try to get your product out the market. I think there's probably scenarios, namely when the company is really small, maybe it's just starting, maybe it's a startup, maybe it's a small business. Maybe there is a responsibility on the employee. They should still expect for it not to be used against them. And if it is, that's unfair. And I can understand why you wouldn't want to disclose it. But I would say also in those cases, it's fair for the employer, the startup, not to use it against them and say, okay, that's fine. But this just allows us to to manage around it a little more effectively the last point here, it, it could be for that reason, by the way, from a federal law standpoint, there are requirements. Employers who are less than 15 employees are not required to follow anti-discrimination prohibitions, meaning if you're 14 employees in your private company, you, I guess, can legally use pregnancy as a, a reason not to hire and, and a lawsuit can't be brought against you. Maybe the government was thinking something akin to that when, when coming up with the, the, stat, the existing statutes and, and laws.
2: First off, that's wild to me, but secondly, devil's advocate to your previous point, the company, and I've told companies before, like, hey, I've got tickets to the World Cup, so in two months I'm going to want to take this vacation when I'm being interviewed and being hired, But like the company's not going to tell me, hey, right now we've only got six months of runway. We're trying to raise more funding, but it's possible you might be laid off over the summer. Like I've never had a company.
0: That's a great
2: point. Like with any sense of loyalty, no matter how long I've been there, come to me and sort of give me a heads up that there may be layoffs coming or actually you're probably not going to get promoted next year because we're probably not going to have the budget for promotion. So it's tough because you're kind of sharing information with a company to their benefit. But in my experience, they're not going to give that back to you.
0: Right. It should be mutual expectations in that case.
1: As Diana's watching this, this story <laughs> unfold, and she's talking about the boss coming to her as they're discussing the situation, and the boss gets livid, loses temper, and then says, I would never have hired her if I knew she was pregnant. She lied. It was a, It's a ruse. And by the way, like, what is the worst thing? Like, what's the fear here? If we could try to humanize it, like the reaction's garbage. But like, what's going on that could be so bad that would cause you to behave this way? It boils down to trust. So
0: for one reason or another, this employer manager believes that as a result, this employee is not going to be as vested. You know, maybe she's going to use this as a reason to quiet quit or coast Honestly, my experience has been the exact opposite. In all the hires I've ever made across the different startups, my strongest performers were really strong female managers, in many cases mothers. And I think it has to do with the fact it takes an amazing amount of multitasking ability to manage kids and your career at the same time. And once you figure that out, like that carries over, that efficiencies of those learnings carry over into your job.
2: There's also this fear that people will use their maternity leave as like an opportunity to look for new jobs, right? Which is only going to happen if they weren't being treated particularly well before they went on maternity leave. Like if, if you're a great place to work, people will want to stay and continue to work for you. I don't think this guy is great to work for, though. Clearly, just based on this story alone.
1: <laughs> Clearly, so to come full circle, could I give you guys some insight to some of the back and forth of Diana? It doesn't end just with that scenario and that story. It actually keeps going with a dialogue. So, so in fact people start commenting. And of course, they're responding, as I'm sure listeners are right now, to this whole scenario. And they're saying like, hey, you got to say something about this boss. How are you feeling about this? How are you handling this? And clearly, we know Diana's on the verge of faking a COVID test and not coming to work on Monday. So clearly, we know where her head's at. But she writes, I submitted my recommendation to his boss, so the boss's boss, and the company's owner before leaving work on Friday, but I doubt much comes of it. She says, this is the cringiest situation I've ever been put in the middle of during my professional career. And I feel like it will end up in textbooks on what not to do if you are in management, but it does not look like we will ever be able to get rid of him. The story goes on. That's sad. surprising. I guess surprising you're, with that. they're all witnesses in HR. There's actually no power here. Just kind of witness horrendous events and then talk about it and then consider faking COVID tests. What do you do if you're Diana. She's going to be in the middle of this. And you're working on behalf of the company at the same time you work on behalf of the employee. There's a no-win situation here, yeah?
0: You said it really aptly, Erin. You're working on behalf of the company. The truth is, you're getting paid by working on behalf of the company. And so like, there's this contradiction that I've always felt exists in HR to degree.
2: It's hard, though, because she has put in her recommendation about it, which is probably... All she can really do without then putting her own job in jeopardy if she kind of continues to push that, then all of a sudden the bullseye or the spotlight or whatever you want to say is on her.
1: I wonder like what happens to the employee the the pregnant employee like so uncomfortable? I can't imagine how this is going to play out. Does this happen more often than we, we you both cited stories. If you look at the
0: workforce participation rates amongst females in the u s over the past two or three decades it's been a revolution in terms of participation in as far as there's been a kind of a continued desire to still be a nurturer and raise kids and have a career. Like this is going to be not just common, it's gonna become the precedent, right? Like you want to do both. You want to bring lives into the to, to the world and you want to work. And just on, on another note, you get all these tax credits when you bring children to the world, something I'm starting to realize. <laughs> and I think for good reason, right? Like when you put, bring someone in, you know, particularly if, You know, if you're going to do a decent job nurturing them, they're going to become like a GDP producing adult at some point. And how much are you adding to the economy as a result of your kids? And like that should be appreciated. And, you know, the manager might not appreciate it because that's not hitting his company's bottom
1: line, but it's going to hit the U.S.'s bottom line. Matt, you said this earlier, and I I resonate with it. I'm thinking if you actually live in the real world, people get pregnant like this is just like what happens and like we have families and like we reproduce as a species so to act like you're surprised that's right to act like you're surprised like you said Matt from a managerial standpoint you should be able to look ahead and go oh i'm going to have people in the workforce that are going to have to take time yeah. off or going to have yeah. or going to have things that happen that are unexpected male or female no matter what it is but there
2: is that assumption There's that assumption that the woman will be the default parent. So the school is going to call them first if they need to come. If somebody busts their head open.
0: That's right. Happen to (laughs) be.
2: Or, you know, whatever. Probably worth noting that this is more of an American problem than maybe in, say, European countries. There's a system set up. There's an assumption that you're probably going to take a year off. Because there's universal health care. There's a whole kind of cottage industry of people who come in and fill in maternity leaves and they can kind of skip from job to job because they're not worried about needing to get new benefits every right. time.
0: Unless you're one of five companies, employee one of five companies, you're not going to get a year maternity. You know, the father's not going to get three months paternity. Those five companies, we know what they are. They're the big tech. And apparently, if you're part of those, you also get free massages. Uh, <laughs> We've learned it looks like that's on the chopping block, right? Google job cuts hit 1,800 employees in California, including 27 massage therapists.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can't make it up. Things are getting worse. Uh, things are getting worse by the minute. But listen, nothing could be worse, more worse than what Diana has to face when she comes in on Monday. Man, I, I'd love just to be a fly on the wall in that situation. But I have empathy for really Diana and the, the new employee, the, the woman who's three months pregnant, wishing them the best. I'm just going to put that out there. I think that's fair. Leah, thanks again for uh, for coming on and this this is wonderful.
2: Yeah, thank you guys for having me back.
1: Hey, you made it. Thanks for tuning into The Lonely Office. If you like what you heard, follow us on all major podcast platforms so you don't miss an episode. And make sure and tap five stars and leave a review. I know everyone says it, but it actually helps others like you discover the show. Remember, the topics you hear us talk about on the show are sourced from Glassdoor communities, where professionals are having candid conversations about their careers anonymously with others in their industry. To be part of that conversation, download the Glassdoor app. And when you're in the app, make sure and join the Lonely Office Bowl. That's where we are. When you're there, you can suggest a topic idea or an episode idea, or you can make it more formal and email us at, thelonelyoffice at glassdoor.com. We'll catch you next time.